Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. It's 11-12 on January 1st, 2019. Happy New Year. I was going to start at 11-11 and a friend just texted me a picture of 11-11, a screenshot of their phone on January 1st, and I looked up and it was 11-12. So here I am and I'm kind of in creative mode right now. Yesterday, I had my teeth whitened. This is the most yellow one, but it's already looking better. I had it whitened and cleaned with ozone therapy. And the lady was so cool and generous with her time and her information and knowledge. So I'm going to look into this ozone therapy thing more. I bought an ozone machine, a water ozonator. So I'm curious how ozonated swirl water will be. And I also bought some other stuff for what I'm creating. And some supplement powders like Magnolia Bark, because that's an expensive supplement. And if I get it in powder, that will save some money. So I'm leaving the United States, or leaving where I am on the 20th of January, so I'm going to try to order some things that would be not available on Amazon Prime Canada or would be more expensive in terms of shipping. So I'll kind of be ordering more stuff and getting all this creative stuff in order. There's been some challenges and I think this is going to be a challenging year and there are many reasons for that. But I feel ready to see that and move with that and act based on that and I see I see what I can do um might start this teeth cleaning business or something I'm setting up all the stuff for synchroversity and it's coming together nicely and it should be something that I can do all from my phone that is the goal so yeah, I'll be working on that mostly, and I'll catch up with myself a little bit here and there, but mostly now I'll be getting ready to go to Vegas. Now this is a dream come true. It's pretty cool to start off January 2019 with a dream come true of seeing Celine Dion in concert. That'll be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, so... I'm in super creative mode and I'll share what I'm creating and I'm not really going to share too much of how I'm doing it along the way because I'll probably make a course of some kind sharing how I did it so that other people like me can benefit from this type of thing. And maybe it won't work out, but I'm feeling like instead of sort of drawing up the plans, I'm sort of putting together the online scaffolding and 
and it's kind of fun actually so yeah um yesterday i went out for indian food and the day before i went out for dinner too i'm spending a lot of money and i'm glad that i got thirty thousand dollars in credit and i could look kind of crazy for spending a lot of it over these next few months but i'm just sort of going for it you know i'm lucky to have access to that money to create this business or whatever it is i'm creating sort of creating a life of how i move in life is my business and it's sort of going to be something apart from the movement of becoming that would want to assimilate me into those structures so I'm just really going to try to stay away from any kind of structures that would assimilate me by the observer effect, um, co collapsing my wave function into functioning the way that other people function. And here I've learned that people don't really understand how I function and how this creative energy functions, and you can't really explain it. But And that sort of loses energy to try to explain it. Though, if you create with that energy and show what you did, then people will be like, oh, that's creative. But I don't know if they see that either. But anyway, it's fun for me and it's a project for me because I've spent two and a half years talking to myself to get to this point where I'm in California. And I've sort of realized that I've been, unbeknownst to me, I've been sort of playing a certain character or role in order to get myself here. And being in this community, I need to play a certain character or role. You know, community member, being considerate of others. And all this is important, and I wouldn't get rid of this anyway. These are such important things to know and learn. But what I've realized is when I leave here, since I won't be going back to my familiar structure in terms of family, I don't know about the job offer I have, I haven't heard back, and I'm thinking of not taking it, even if it is sent to me. Because what I realized is I can create myself however I want now. Like I can create my artist self and myself as an art. And, you know, I can share like poetry and songs on the spot. I can, if I'm in the creative energy, I can dress up like a cartoon. Like these things that I was testing out along the way. What I've learned here this time in California is how to get up and move and function no matter how heavy the energy is in the morning and it's not a matter of feeling personally depressed it's literally when there's not as much creative energy in the morning like it's not just there in the morning it takes a while to get moving to get it to come into the body so i can like get up you know i don't like let my alarm go and press the button i get up i go shower and sometimes just showering that process there's like insights or what I might want to create today comes into my mind in the shower. So then that's the next step. And then all of a sudden I get into this creativity and, and doing one thing after another and sort of preparing myself to leave here and have some of the creative tools that I need in hand and on hand and those ideas. So I'll have those tools when I go back with me to Canada and I'll have time to sort of put that together. And I'm seeing how this will really help me no matter what I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure this is the idea that I'm going for and I remember I was looking at the bipolar in order website um, well on their mailing list 
the mail out was about wrestling with an idea and I was tempted to sort of join the community and get help from them in terms of relationships or wrestling with ideas. But um, for me, I haven't really been, the universe doesn't really let me seek help. It lets me find excellence. It lets me experience excellent care practitioners in terms of, you know, this acupuncturist helping me with my body energy or, and I don't know if I'll continue with this, but now sort of the last thing that I explored health-wise while I'm here in the United States is this oxygen teeth cleaning. And there's this woman doing it and she's a woman and um, it just really resonates. She's like super happy. And some of the stuff she said was just incredible. Like, why would I stop working when I'm having so much fun? Like, this is so much fun. And, uh, you know, I wrote down some of what she said just because, you know, it's really hard sometimes when you have this really powerful, fun, creative, happy, learning, sharing energy to embody that all the time. And she's able to, she called her office her treehouse. Her name is Dr. Barbara Dorio. And she's like, I'm not bothered. I don't try to convince the dentists anymore. I just do what I do and steal their patients. And it was interesting. And she said to people that she said to us, well, your doctor, your dentist, they're not going to believe you and we don't care. And she said she doesn't bother to talk to the dentists and she just deals their patients and not trying to influence the dentists in any way. Um, you know, and this is how I feel too. Like if I extrapolate that to what I want to share is like, I don't want to fight psychiatry. Why would one want to go up against this big Goliath of something? And I realized like people want to be healthy and happy. They don't even care as much if they're to come off the meds per se, like right away, if they can like feel good, look good, move around and function. Like for me, I'm on this 50 milligrams a day of quetiapine. I really don't care. Like if I can move around and function and I don't feel like my brain's not working, it doesn't matter that much. And luckily I've had times of not being on them to realize that there is that possibility and so my body can relax in knowing that it is possible to come off them if all of a sudden they were making me completely non-functional. But the more I can function with them, actually, the less effect it probably has on my brain because I'm building so many brain structures around movement and functioning and gestures and action that like the little bit that it's suppressing in terms of the drugs is probably helpful. I think it is because it sort of buys time. I think it suppresses or tranquilizes the area of the brain that's sort of the self-structure that's traumatized and coming off them could bring up manifestations and situations that one would have to face and deal with some of that stuff that one has been avoiding. And I'm sure I'll have to deal with more and more that I've been avoiding. And now by moving creatively and being able to function, I feel like I'll be able to get up and face the day either way, hopefully. And I have this creative way and I see that, you know, people who get traumatized, sometimes they go into this or get this sort of bipolar thing, if you want to call it that, because it's like a wave of going up into creativity and down into trauma and up into creativity and down into trauma. It breaks this sort of consistent self-structure that would have us, you know, quote, stable. 
but like the creativity, that energy wave can sort of heal and save us in a way. And then when we're in the trauma, it's really hard to weather that storm and find support and acceptance and love from others. You know, so with this creativity, sometimes we keep it all to ourselves selfishly. Like, this is my creativity. And then when we go down into trauma, it's like, well, it's everyone's fault that this happened to me. And I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. It just seems to be something that I've realized here is that when I have the lower energy, I don't have as quick of body movement and action. So I'm sort of looking around judging what other people are doing. I wouldn't say judging as in evaluating like this person's bad, but sort of seeing that they could move more efficiently, seeing that they could share more, things like that. And because when I'm in that energy, that higher energy, I'm moving efficiently, I'm able to do so much, multitask, think of a million things at once in terms of who to help and what I'm doing. And here there's been that sort of contain contained environment to do it in sort of a, a limited way, meaning I'm not like giving my money away to everyone, but I might like buy chocolates to give out to the community here and it's a small community. So like finding a community to be creative in and share that energy, but then also seeing that it's not really valued that much because it's sort of something that you can't evaluate. It's so spontaneous and open and energetic that, you know, if one tries to evaluate it, they're actually, um, the person who is in that energy is being limited by the observer effect. But the energy is so great that it just sort of shares and creates some kind of ripple effect anyway that you can't measure and calculate. If the person with the creative energy just starts thinking like, well, that happened because I did that and, and people are picking up on how great I am. Well, that limits it too. So any kind of like measuring or trying to find some kind of cause and effect is quite limiting of the energy. And I wrote down like, seems like people who want to talk about experience, it's more about the state of observation and emotion and then when it's action and creativity, it's motion. So it's the body in motion. The body's in such quick motion. There's no time to sit back and worry about me. And I don't think either state is wrong. It's just sort of this thing that happens. You know, um, somebody said to me the other day, two days ago, and I was like in a like happy creative state and enjoying myself and feeling effortless and stuff. They basically said that I'm selfish and I, I really just didn't resonate with that as true. And I think I am in a certain time and place and context and at times in my life, but I feel that's not true now, especially about like how I've been operating here. I don't feel like it's really selfish at all. The only thing that I feel could be selfish is that I've been focusing more on like a single relationship than all the relationships here so the insight I could have into that is you know I do have to find a way to share with other people this energy because a lot of the energy I've like sort of been going up and down in terms of like trying to share and be loving and then coming back down into collapsing into this observer self who feels bad but I don't think saying that I'm selfish is ultimately bad but how it connected for me as hurtful was that I'm about to live my dream of going to Celine Dion and this person has only known me for three months whereas I've been in this sort of mental health framework for seven and a half years 
and it's taken a lot of time and energy and learning and it's so much to get to this point like talking to myself so much on video which is you know one good thing about that is it's an impartial observer impartial witness i can say whatever i want the phone listens i can hear myself talking and nobody tries to say no that's not the way it is and so the hurtful part was i know how hard i've worked and how much i've changed maybe i do i do still have like an evil core that i was born with for sure but i feel like it's mostly crowded out and i really had this strong thing come to my brain that I don't believe and I don't think I can be made to believe that living one's dreams is selfish. And that's sort of what came to my mind. It's like living one's dreams isn't selfish. And the thing is, this is my dream and I've invited someone along with me and I'm paying for the whole thing. And I, I don't care about that, but I just feel like to be called selfish when I would probably take almost anyone with me on this trip, all paid, you know, I want to take this particular person who I care about. And then the same person is like, you're selfish. And I'm just like, this just feels strange. This feels strange to like every single thing that I buy, uh, I buy for this other person too. And, and to be called selfish. The thing is, there's a lot of truth in that, in that, you know, love isn't about money or stuff. And one of my love languages is giving stuff and sharing stuff partly because you know another love language is kind words and all that and that's important for sure because it really hurts to be called selfish when I don't believe that to be true of myself at this point in my life um and I'm trying to make up for that karmically I really am and create a world where people are forgiving of mistakes and anyway um yeah, I just didn't feel good at all. And I just feel like there's no amount of of anything that I can do to make up for whatever it is. And I don't know if it's about making up. So, yeah, I just I just don't really resonate with being selfish and I want to be more selfless and generous. That's what feels really good to me, and it was good to experience being really hurt by that. And I don't think I would have been hurt by that if it wasn't a few days before going to my dream concert of seeing Celine Dion. And I, I do feel that it's, it's so important to find out what our dream is and to live it for ourselves, you know, without harming other people. But we can't shrink into mediocrity for other people's comfort, you know, like... Some people's family would rather someone be like a mediocre dentist than, you know, a great painter who maybe isn't really recognized in their lifetime. But the person who's a great painter, that same person, as a mediocre dentist, they're like living this life that they don't love, but their family's happy. And then the mediocre or the great painter who isn't recognized is just in this creative flow that's so beautiful. And a lot of times that beauty is unrecognizable and and it's so beyond measure that you know, it, anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is going for one's dreams. And that's such an important message for kids. Like go for your dream, no matter what, because otherwise 
you're situated and you end up in situations that that weren't meant you weren't meant to experience and then there can be this really jarring reorganization and reorientation of the quantum field and quantum holographic reality that in order to survive you have to survive the accidents that happen to you in order to continue going on in in the life that you would live with your family that 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 then they could see you live your dreams and then when you finally sort of make this jump into living your dreams and you're still with your family in the same reality even though you might not be around them all the time then they can enjoy your success and um but it's hard to, to get to that success if they are witnessing you if they're looking at you because of the observer effect it's it's really powerful and yeah i don't know i'm gonna keep going and try to figure this out because it's really important for my life and you know i do think it's possible to live joyful and happy like this lady who's cleaning people's teeth and whitening their teeth half the year she works and half the year she's on a cruise ship enjoying her time with her husband so so yeah i really don't know and um, i'm excited to find out i'm excited to share some of what i'm creating with you at some point it could be fun Tomorrow, I leave for Celine Dion with my partner. And this relationship thing is really challenging. My life seems challenging as it is sometimes. And last night I was triggered by sort of like a label name when parting ways at night. And it just sort of made me realize that well, it released this big thing, like this energy, and I was really upset, just sort of triggered by being called selfish and things like that. Um, and there was a day where I tried to be a bitch for a day, sort of like just trying to put up a wall and be like this consistent bitch, which might be easier than always consistently being very happy and giving. One can be sort of happy and giving and sharing and then feel like one's getting shot down and really go up and down and it might be easier to just consistently almost pretend to be a bitch but the next day I kind of forgot and um, Today I got some supplies for what I'm working on. But anyway, back to that being triggered. It released all this energy and it was just making me feel so upset. And then I noticed that basically it makes me feel so tired the next day.
but I think I'm learning to, to get up and do what I can no matter how much self-inflicted triggered energy comes to sort of attack me I know that it's within me because sometimes I'm going about life and it's so great and I feel great and then other times same kind of scenarios and I don't feel good and it's like this energy over time and I was hoping it would be smooth sailing a few days before going to Celine Dion, but it's been really challenging. Kind of like the universe and the simulator poking at me like, it's not easy to live your dream, no matter how simple it seems, like just driving a few hours to Vegas to see Celine Dion. And I literally feel like it's gonna take all my energy to pack up and get ready to, to go for tomorrow. And I don't even know if I'll be able to enjoy it as much as I would have if I had good energy. But this is the thing with this is like you can plan to go to things at certain times, but it doesn't mean that one is in the best state at the time. But learning to make the best of it and the most of it anyway. Like I felt just so tired today and I still do. And I almost feel like from the energy release and that kind of internal drama really took a toll on my body and I feel like I'm coming down with something a little bit that can happen too you plan a trip and then you get sick or mentally sick or whatever I don't even like saying that but I did buy insurance for the tickets so I think they are cancelable and I'm spending lots of money and I'm hoping that I have the energy to keep going on the project I'm creating so yeah, I'm just feeling a lot of different energies right now and listening to Steve Pavlina's Subjective Reality audio and yeah, buying supplies for the project and having a kombucha with myself. It's important to still be able to do these healthy gestures when one is feeling not so great. I was in a store and it literally literally started feeling like I couldn't see. My teeth, on the other hand, are looking much whiter. The cool thing about the ozone is that it keeps working for a few days. My eyes look really white and healthy too. So I think this unhealthy state is just sort of a temporary hiccup. And I was planning on reading some of my lyrics just to um, share them with myself because I haven't done that. Like I was thinking today, it never entered my mind really to have my partner friend film me in some of my more creative states and creative sharing. It didn't really happen. So some lyrics I wrote, it's not even full songs. Um, do you mind who I am when I lose my mind? Will you hold my hand while I'm walking blind? Interesting, I just talked about how I felt like I was walking blind and I opened this up and it says that. And um, choose your story, live it fully. Either way, it's all love. 
and this whole idea of creating a character is coming more into mind because of how I'll be done with what I'm doing in California and different things and I have a partner so I'm seeing how challenging it is to have this bipolar thing and how much more important it is to know oneself. You know, I know myself pretty well by myself or around my family, which I didn't even know myself around my family all the time until the last year when I was around them a lot and it wasn't good. So in the same way, a partner can turn into not being good a lot because of being triggered and it's easy to spend time in parks and be able to move from one situation to another. Like if something's too loud or something's too this or that, I can move. But with a partner, it's like you can't just storm out all the time. So we're really good at resolving things, but we'll be like in a great state one moment and then kind of arguing about something the next. But we don't really argue. It's more like I'm sensitive to certain words or I was sharing my story in a certain way or I wasn't even doing that. We were talking on New Year's Day and then she was kind of like saying, oh, maybe it's all psychosis and it, to a certain aspect of what I shared before. And it, that's really triggering for me because that's what a psychiatrist would say. It's like, oh, it's all psychosis. And for me, the important thing is to make meaning for oneself. And I'm seeing that sharing those meanings aren't necessarily helpful per se, I don't know. Because then people try to convince you that it's a mental illness or it's all this or that. But then I also see that when all this started going down, I kind of did agree that, yeah, I would have to have a mental illness and play the role of a mental patient. Like, And I say play the role, it could actually be true to play the role. But I just mean like, that's my role to be this mental patient because that's just sort of how it is, I don't know. And then, here's some more lyrics. If you ask me, and there's a tune to this, but I don't really know. I will tell you, I can smell you everywhere. If you ask me, I will gladly run my fingers through your hair. If you ask me, we can live our love in life, in love out there. If you ask me, you'll see that there's nothing to prepare. Um... Another song, must we get it right the first time or do we have a million tries? Is it love that's something that has nothing to do with time? If you stop becoming something you are not, you'll see it's all love right on spot. And then this one's a bipolar lullaby. Start again from the beginning, though you lay there in the dark, don't let the poisons convince you lost the spark. Oops. I just like accidentally opened a new note and typed home. Talk about Freudian thumb slip. And, um, and love is real and it's coming for us. Love is real and it moves forth as us. Can you see the baby bird coming out of your heart? There's a really interesting squirrel over there. That was inspired by a picture I took of myself and there's like this light bird coming out of my heart. 
It's rare to hear sirens in this town. Some of these lyrics are kind of bipolar and inspired by love. Uh, wrote, I don't want to talk about prophecy, just see the ocean in your eyes. When I look at life actually, seems we drop the disguise. Stitches unwind, unravel as we travel through this life. Oh, creating time. Don't forget to remember to leave your memories behind. Don't remember to forget that it makes us all blind. That we forget to remember that there is a land before and beyond time. Oh, eternity. Some of these get a little like religious-y. Love is a full-time job, don't leave it up to God. Um, I'm just putting it out there. It doesn't matter if anyone hears. I'm just putting it out there. Things aren't as they appear. Behind all this chaos, there's a love that is so near. I'm just putting it out there. Let's get this clear. Kind of hear the melodies for this, but I don't have the skills to translate. If I had a studio, I'd probably try to make some of these. A lot of them are different genres. I see, I know, love save me, that it prolonged my life. I see, I know, love save me, so I could love a life. I also put wife there. I see, I know, love save me, to make my dreams come true. I see, I know, love saved me, so I could be with you. I see, I know, love saved me, and I used to be afraid. I see, I know, love saved me, so I could, well, this was like a next part, so I could be a wife. I see, I know, love saved me, would you be my bride? Who are you to say the trees are as beautiful as the bees? Who are you to point to the wonder of the seas? Who are you to bring all the energy? Ooh, not ready to see. Who are you to say that there is a me? Who are you to say? A few simple gestures. We don't need so many words. Not always, but it's most like the ants. Not always, but it's most likely the ants with a few simple gestures. None of the individual ants have any idea about. Okay, that's a little weird. That's the richness, that's the wealth. See the insight, that's the health. Health, that was sort of like a house music one. We're rich, but I can't know it. We are kind, but we don't show it. We are light, but we don't show, shone it, shown it. <laughs> Love and beauty is a pathless land, so it don't, so it don't matter which way you turn. With each little action, 
that you make with love burn urn I speak to you in poetry you speak to me in prose when words use us can't capture the beauty of your rose can you see that life is closer than the tip of your nose I speak to you in poetry can't speak to you in prose life is in the way life is the way life is today life today uh, and then I wrote down a type of music that uses three verbal tenses ego now and creation because when I was in this hyper state I was trying to create new tenses of language kind of like a questioning I don't know if tense is the right word but we ask questions we pass present future but we don't talk in like possibilities as much they don't care about your past as long as you love now love is today there is no they there is no other way but to care right here right now it's all near right here right now you are my creation you are excitation you are my beloved you are my love beyond sensation When you said you wanted to carry my backpack, I heard you wanted to lighten my load. When you said it felt like we were getting married, I knew I didn't have to propose. And both saw the future is now, and in this creation explodes. Um, this is a dance one. You dress me up in love with every hug. You wrap me up in bliss with every kiss. The lightning of your love touches me all around. The thunder of your sound lays me on the ground. With love, you can do everything wrong and everything will be right. With love, you can sing any song and the cosmos will delight. Oh, and then I have some hip hop. From relatives to relativity, we don't all live in the same reality. Truth and life are the only actuality. Love shows up right in the nick of time. I'm a tourist in the world of love. I don't know where I'm going. Are the others lost in their knowing? I close my eyes and in one swift motion we are flying through a field of our dreams. It's a surprise that our devotion can make bees appear from the trees. Revitalize the water, build the soil, breathe the air, eat the honey, the bees come back and you don't need money as there are fruits everywhere and we just don't care. Because somebody loved me, I'm still here. Because somebody loved me. I think I'm in way too deep with the universe at my feet. I think I'm standing up too high and reach up to the sky. Think I can fly, fly, fly. 
or I might die, die, die. There's no reason why, why, why. It was talking about only love and choose life. Don't call me generous because you are my girl. Don't call me kind because you are my world. If you really hear, you'll listen and see. If you were not you, I wouldn't be me. Dress like this life is a celebration. Make a mess with this life like it's your creation. You can do anything beyond your kindest imagination. Dance in this life like it's a celebration. And of course I made this um, sort of Despacito-like song. Uh, those gentle gestures. You can reach me with a gentle gesture. Otherwise we have a fucking mental mess here. Smile, wink, handshake, touch, blah, blah. Um, There's water in the ocean, there's no motion in my mind. You can say you don't believe me, though there's no such thing as time. All life is a movement and action in big mind. You have to have a big heart or your compass is so blind. The beauty of bipolar, another chance to create with love. Directing the traffic of words. And then, who knew driving on a winding road would take away the knots I feel from missing you? Who knew driving in the dark, can't see five feet in front, and not knowing where I'm going would take away the ache of missing you? I feel it in my body and I know I'm nobody, but I know I am missing you. You're everywhere, but not here beside me. I feel it in my heart as I sit here in the dark, ears in my eyes. I guess that's probably tears in my eyes from missing you. You proved me wrong, you proved me right. Either way, I know I have a heart. Thank you. I'm Now I'm pulling over and stopping on the shoulder to put on a song to make me stop missing you. That's because I went for a drive to blow off some steam. You loved me in that moment, it wasn't a lie, and I can take that with me when it's time to die. is I guess kind of like bipolar-ish. Love makes me say stupid shit. After a while there's a whole pile of it. It didn't take long for you to get tired. You taught me everything. Inspired. Though I'm rough around the edges, I'm gentle as the rain. Sometimes I seem crazy. Can't you see we're all insane? Careful as you may look. You see no one's to blame. Oh beautiful pain. It's like a bipolar song. What does it mean to appreciate? What does peace look like? We get to die in peace, but for now, turn on the light. Light up this crazy world and leave no stone unturned. Shine a light on that corner and let the falseness burn. I haven't traveled the world like you, though I fly through the cosmos in your eyes. This love is something new, 
it's not fear in disguise. And then I wrote some lyrics about other stuff that I won't go into, but it was 420. So that's it for today. And I wanted to share some of those lyrics. Like I said, I didn't get a lot, of, lot captured on video this time in terms of a harvest. But the living of it is more than enough. And it is possible. And I really look forward to seeing Celine Dion and I need to go back and finish packing and getting ready. Out for a little walk by myself, which is rare, and I got the socks. go with my earth runners so now I'm earthed and trying to get used to this thing between my toes and today I got word that I didn't get the job that I applied for back home and this is a little bit of a relief because as much as it would have been nice I also now feel free in that I wasn't offered the job and I don't have to make a decision about whether or not I would like to take it. And yesterday I had really low energy and no words, just totally blank. But then I did go into a few states of feeling this bliss of nothingness, just sitting, being in life. So there's this real up and down happening, which is nothing unusual, but the unusualness of it is that as these next two weeks go on, there'll be less and less attachment to being a certain way because I'll no longer be here in California. I won't be going back to stay with my family. I won't be going back to do a job at a familiar place. So all these familiar familiarities will be aired out and gone. When I was in Vegas, I had this sense of this energy wanting to explode. And I had this feeling that it could explode me into a version of myself I've never seen before. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a little scary because right now I try to manage things with the awareness of who's around as well as vitamins and a little bit of Seroquel and so many things and this morning as I was doing a certain task I just was pondering different possibilities of what to do when I get back to Canada and I have some ideas and Kind of strange ideas and I don't know what the universe will want me to do but it seemed to have allowed me to live the dreams that I wanted to live so I feel somewhat complete but then I also realized that 
I've made certain messes that I don't think I know how to clean up and just don't really know what to do, but went through some possibilities in my inner subjectivity this morning and I feel a bit more energized, like I feel like I have something to say, I feel like I have some words. So there was a release there by seeing the truth of certain possibilities and I think it's also possible I might think these are the possibilities and try to carry them out and it not really work out the way I expect. And I really don't know how it'll work out. All I know right now, or one thing I know, is that my life has worked out better than expected considering I had this bipolar label given to me and other things happen in my life. So way better results than I could have hoped for considering some of the initial conditions. And I don't know, it was sort of coming to mind this morning that maybe I could help kids or something not make similar mistakes. But I guess what came to mind too is that repetition is a mistake. Repetition and we're all unique in this world and maybe never to be repeated again. And maybe there's many versions of ourselves that aren't even repetitions of the way that we're manifesting now. And I've had a sense of that too. So I don't know exactly what to do, but I feel a bit more relaxed inside. Having a sense of what I can do no matter what, I still have the power to do that because I'm a free human being at this point. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's like letting the universe decide certain things, but by putting certain things forth and sharing, letting the universe decide what happens. And I've gotten to this place and I'm really grateful and so peaceful. And I'm going to another beautiful place on my way back to Canada. And yeah, there's just, it's so fascinating. It's so shifty, but this place here in the energy in California has allowed me to shift through different possibilities. And yeah, sometimes you don't really have to deserve good things, but maybe just being lucky is enough. I think I'm lucky. I don't know if I deserve all the blessings that I've had so far in my life, but I've been lucky enough to receive them and also appreciate them when they are there a lot of the time and appreciate when other people are blessed with whatever they're blessed with. So, you know, I've, I have gained some good qualities over the years, which I'm grateful for, but I'm not sure if it's enough. We'll see. We shall see. But the good thing is I'm going back to Canada and I'll be sort of mostly alone in that I won't be sharing my location with people. And I think that'll give me time and space to figure stuff out and figuring stuff out here my last while too. So who knows what life has in store and it's not up to me. And I'm grateful. Yesterday, I think I was in the other world. 
the world of fear and molasses and today I feel like I'm back in beauty where the world is seen as beautiful and it feels like a beautiful day and yesterday I was feeling okay and then I was kind of triggered by something and then I went to my acupuncture appointment and after that I felt a lot better so acupuncture definitely works for me but I can't necessarily run and do acupuncture every single time I'm triggered it just sort of happened to be right after something happened and that's good to know and another thing that happened was that when I was at the appointment, the practitioner had this postcard or picture of an angel on the wall and I didn't notice it, but it fell off the wall and then he sort of touched it. So I wasn't, I totally noticed that. It, to me, when something like that happens in the world, it has some kind of meaning. I don't know if it means something about a fallen angel or if the angel energy was sort of going into the practitioner's hands and then he was going to work on me and then it really did work some kind of angelic magic it's not really magic it's just sort of a gesture there's acupuncture needles there's he uses essential oils and he does some acupuncture or acupressure massage on the neck and puts on some really nice music. So to me, it was interesting that this angel card fell off the wall right before. So it could be interpreted fearfully, like, oh, there's a fallen angel or falling out of angelic consciousness or something. But I don't think that was true because afterwards I felt better and today I felt, I feel better. So it seems important not to interpret things prematurely. Like imagine if I found that immediately fearful that an angel card fell off the wall, then that might change the experience. But I just noticed it and then noticed the change. So then one can sort of see subtle signs of what happens and See that it is a friendly universe it is a universe to be trusted and we can trust certain practitioners and I'm feeling like talking to myself a little bit more if I can because I also had an insight about how if I don't have some kind of understanding process with myself or meaning making process then it could be possible that I need more professional help, whether it's some kind of counselor or acupuncture, and maybe it is good to have that type of professional help of some kind. It was helpful yesterday, for sure, and today I feel like I'm back in the beauty, and I don't feel fully like I can move totally. But when things are beautiful like this and there's nature and this morning I I was capturing some yoga video of of somebody and then 
and then I saw deer and I saw nature so can't forget about nature and the last two days it's been really sunny and beautiful and warm compared to most days lately it's been cold because it's January so being out in the sun appreciating nature I've been using some essential oils that I got from Miracle Botanicals I got this mugwort oil and I've been putting it on the back of my neck before going to sleep and it's making me dream more two nights ago I had a couple of dreams one I was out of control in an elevator like it was going up 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 and it just kept going up and it had a number one so even though it was going up it went up to number one so usually down it goes to number one but and then the other one I was in a truck driving and however I steered it I could barely see out the windows it was so big and clunky and foggy and I kept looking out the different windows in the rear view mirror and nothing was really giving me accurate information and even steering the amount that I steered it steered more than I was steering so I was trying to learn how to adjust and and steer this car that seemed to have different rules than what I was used to driving so two dreams where I felt out of control and when I was in Vegas, I was feeling this energy of something going to explode because I'm not sure how I'll be after, after being in these different places. So, and I'm never sure how I'll be. And that's what I've noticed lately is it's quite changing. It's Wednesday and on Monday, I barely had any words and it was a little bit uncomfortable. And then now I have some more words again. And sometimes I feel like, well, what happened yesterday when I was a bit triggered, I wanted to go into explaining or, you know, explaining, oh, well, this happened, then this happened, and this, and sort of explanation. But what I realized in relationship is that those explanations don't really help. So instead, I just got a little bit frustrated and I started to cry I, and it was just sort of crying feeling like that type of communication doesn't work and also a bit of sadness and frustration not knowing how to communicate and and also having this sense that Sometimes there's a further significance to that, like we as humanity are going to lose words. And it's already happening. Look at what's happening to children who are born with um, speech delays and, and maybe never acquiring speech. And I think, I don't think, I feel like there's an evolutionary significance to that. And also yesterday when I realized that explaining wasn't going to help and then I had to go and go to acupuncture. I think it's possible leaving the situation and, and coming back can be helpful. There was this separation. So 
yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I feel like there's this, I feel like there really are two worlds, this beauty, this seeing beauty, and, and then there's this, and then there's the actions that come from that, and sometimes they're fast, and sometimes they don't feel the need to do anything, just sit and enjoy the beauty of nature or something. And then there's this world of, of observation and judging and, and analyzing and, and I guess labeling, like sitting back and, and looking with this knowledge of the past. And I feel like for me, when that happens, I can't really move at all. Like my body's lost the ability to function when that type of mode of looking and perceiving and listening is happening, which could be a good thing because that way I don't move and create more chaos in that. But the trouble is being still there can be this movement of words from that place which doesn't help anything either. And maybe that's part of what I've learned because as the energy was withdrawing and I was going more into this observation and judgment and like looking for help, it was then sort of assessing what others were doing and seeing it as not helpful or something like that. But I think really capturing beauty and being some kind of light worker. I really enjoy taking video and playing with the light and I've always liked that. And so I got to do that this a bit this morning and, and it was nice. It gives me energy to be able to, to do that. And I put a few gestures of friendship up around here. I I put a couple of those hair elastic bracelets and a chocolate just because that's something I'm gonna wanna get into. And yesterday I put up a poster for something and then I sort of left a chocolate. And I realized that I can sort of do these gestures without requiring other people. And there are cultures that do this sort of thing. They put out food for the gods or they put out um, offerings and things like that. And I think that can be brought into daily life and not, ne not necessarily only in a certain ritual, but, you know, putting it there as like a gesture of somebody will find it. And it's, it's sort of a game of when something's put out into manifestation like an item for someone else to find if they see it and when it was put there it was sort of put from this gesture of friendship and energy of beauty and love and appreciation for everything in this place and time then the one who finds that if they perceive it I feel possibly pick up on that field You know, if they, if they see it as, oh, this is kind of fun and magical, then that activates that. But if they see it as, oh, this is somebody littered or somebody was being dumb, well then it, 
just reinforces that and and it's sort of like choosing between the two but um yeah I don't know and I'm still taking the subjective reality course with Steve Pavlina I think it's helpful like my brain since Vegas has been quite active even before I was putting the mugwort oil on it was just feels really kind of active in this something when sleeping part of the night like almost trying to figure something out and it's it's cool I like it and so yeah that's today and it's really markedly different from yesterday though I don't think I want to really compare I might try and start talking to myself every day just for a short bit to to show how it kind of changes I don't know I don't know if that matters but yeah So I really have lost the process of talking with myself because I've been focused on my partner and I don't think that's good. Um, we crossed the border today and that was really challenging. The whole drive was challenging. We planned kind of like a week long fun trip but it wasn't fun at all. We stopped in Monterey for two nights and it was a really small room of an Airbnb and it just was awful. And I just wasn't feeling good at all. And so I'm really, what I'm learning is kind of the basics of what people like me need. and. A lot of what I'm going to say isn't going to make sense because I haven't been keeping up with talking with myself. So it's going to seem kind of crazy. It all seems kind of crazy, but this will seem more crazy. Basically, the first place was a tiny room. There wasn't enough space to really move and share space with a person. And we were there for two days and... Um, and then we went to the next place, which was Mount Shasta, and we stayed in this really cute inn. The first one was kind of masculine and had like dead animals on the wall and everything. And they're like, hey, you want to come for some beers and steaks? And I was like, no, thank you. And it smelled funny. And then we went to the next place and it was very feminine and nice and a bigger room. And I just felt so at home. It had like a bathroom and a desk and a bed and a TV and lots of space and just kind of reminds me of when I first moved out into supported housing, I actually chose a space with the small room that was people more my age. But now that I'm out of that age group, I'm feeling like it's nice to have an, a bigger space and here I've got this sort of big 
luxury space that we found on booking.com and yeah man so we we're driving through Seattle and there was like a bus that like crashed and exploded and then that diverted us for like an hour and we had to go through Seattle and then I had to pee so bad and stopped at a Starbucks and then got to the border and of course I'm nervous as heck and we didn't really get our our story straight in terms of exactly how we met and exactly what we were doing which wasn't anything wrong but I, we just didn't really do that because I was not feeling great just wanting to get moving and get over the border and then um, I didn't shower this morning and I looked kind of in my routed tattered jacket and and I was nervous crossing the border and you know, I said I bought $600 worth of stuff when I probably bought like a thousands, though I probably ate most of it or it was like acupuncture and I spent thousands of dollars. I tried really hard to take care of myself and do healthy gestures like the acupuncture and everything. And man, like, I guess it doesn't matter how much you spend on gestures towards oneself and others but even though that's kind of the thing I want to create but anyway so they pulled us in at the border and I had my magical backpack in the bag behind the seat and they weren't really caring how much money we spent or whatever my trunk was full and the back seat was full of stuff because I bought so much stuff down there to try to create and everything and was trying to create when I was in that state and then the state went away and I've just been in like the worst state ever like it's been so bad I can sit here and kind of calmly talk about it now but it's so painful it's like agony and I've been praying to Jesus pretty much and and Jesus really is real and everywhere before we left I saw Jesus's face in the carpet and then we were at a restaurant and I saw Jesus' name written in the plate, even though it wasn't, it wasn't like supposed to be there, but you could obviously see it. And it's sort of written everywhere. He's everywhere. But then I, I don't want to be, I don't want that to be misinterpreted one day as doing something bad in the name of Jesus. Like so much can be done in that name, but... I'm sort of praying that all good things happen to all the people, you know, and I'm in a lot of pain. Basically, back to the border story, they were looking for drugs. And of course, in my backpack, I had like these because I packed my vitamins, you know, like this each day, like I've been doing. And and this white powder and there's like empty white powder bags that basically this is glycine powder so he called me back over he's like i found this and i was like oh and he's like well i checked it's not drugs and i said well no it's like vitamins i take all these vitamins for bipolar and then 
I said, I'm working with a naturopath. He's like, well, some you can't bring across the border. They could be illegal. And I said, well, you know, all these ones I ordered in Canada, but then I have to order more every month. So I'm kind of like telling him the story that I maybe should be telling other people like me. He's like, what's this yellow one? And then I said, well, it's Sam E. S. Adenosyl methionine. Helps with neuroplasticity and blah, blah, blah. So... The other thing that was in my pocket was, you know, this like little Krishnamurti book. And you like flip through like this and look through it. And also like my car keys with like the, the synchroversity thing. So it's like everything that I'm doing is there like plain sight. The synchroversity, Krishnamurti's teachings, you know, my favorite chapstick. And, um, you know, all these supplements and everything. And when I get into this state, I feel kind of like a homeless man and it looks like I'm like doing drugs and stuff, but I'm not. And I'm in so much pain though, I feel like I could do some kind of drugs or like, hopefully I don't take too much Seroquel. I've been really wanting to rest for like weeks, kind of since after Celine Dion, I really needed to rest and I haven't had a chance and I just had to get up. So hopefully I can have two days of rest now and you know, such weird stuff has been happening and it's just really hard. I don't know what the resolution is and I don't know, I don't know. I just hope that this pain and my body lets up, it feels like I'm here and everywhere. And when we drove back, there was the most beautiful pink sunset, like kind of like California. And I feel like we brought California here and we built a bridge somehow of something. And I don't know. I don't know how much longer I can take this agony, but I don't want it to go anywhere that it's not supposed to go like onto people that are innocent you know everyone's innocent so hopefully tomorrow i'll set up my vitamins and and do more but i'm going to try to connect with myself more because you know i even said to the border guard oh we bought an ozone machine and then when we we're inside waiting for them to go through the car I saw ozone written on a guy's shoe, like it was a brand name, but it was only part of the brand, but ozone was there. So it's like, what you say is what you see, what you think is what you see. And um, I've had like a lot of um, seeing awfulness, you know, like the, the bad things that happen to people like how do they survive these things you know how do they survive and then there's this space where everything is effortless and everyone's celebrating and enjoying each other and man i've just been in agony for for days it's like all this ptsd stuff like it's so my brain is just oh it's so needs peace and quiet and and simple things for a while 
So hopefully I can get that kind of rest. I'm, I'm really, I'm just sorry for, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like the homeless man. I feel like the homeless man. And I don't know if I'm gonna like dissociate, freak out. I really wanted to get back to Canada in case like my brain just feels like it's gonna be in two. Before we left, we stopped in Santa Barbara and there was this rock that when we were there before was solid. And then when we were there before we left, we walked down, it was, it was in half. And there's no way that that could have happened. And I looked at the old video that we took and it's like, there's this impossible thing happening and I don't know what it is. It's impossible though. Maybe it's impossible. I don't know. Something impossible is happening. My brain hurts my brain. I feel like, I feel like Matt Kahn, you know, the more my brain hurts, the more humanity heals. Like, I just want to imagine that the more suffering that I can endure, the more humanity doesn't have to feel it. And at the same time, I'm like begging for mercy. And there's this selfishness that would say like, please, please stop this torture. It hurts so much. But, um... In the past, it goes on until I literally can't take anymore, and then somehow it lets up. There's this divine mercy, and I can only I can only pray for that for us all, for whatever whatever's happened, whatever's happened. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not sure if the worst of it's over, but basically for quite a few weeks I've been in a PTSD nightmare, traveling back to Canada, getting back to Canada and just seeing like negative messages everywhere and being in a relationship or a partnership where basically my partner is unknowingly triggering me a bunch of times a day and if I was by myself I would keep things pretty low stimulation but it was just so strange it's like this labyrinth of something that happened basically she said oh what does your ring say and I have this mood ring that changes like color and stuff and basically I looked at it then and it was quite obvious that it said die and then I get triggered by spilling coffee because it reminds me of blood so she also said oh what's the weather tomorrow so I pulled out my phone looked at it then I dropped my phone clumsily which I wouldn't have done had she not asked and then 
I spill coffee and spilling things that look kind of like blood, like dark brown or red uh, is a trigger. So it's like being triggered so much every day and it's not on purpose, but it just, the interactions a lot of the time turn into triggers and I'd never really experienced that since the very first time. And then I ended up in the psych ward for six weeks and then out for a month and then back in the psych ward for another six weeks. So I see it as it could really spiral into like a long hospitalization or something like that. And I am seeing positive things too, but there's just a lot and it's just triggered with past events and trauma and other people's trauma and family trauma and just so much at the same time. And also feeling like I wanna go home just to rest because um, it's really, it's really hard to go through this around somebody that you care about because they're fine and they're having a good time and yet inside I'm not fine and I'm not having a good time when the outer circumstances dictate that I should because we traveled back and we stayed in some nice places we went to Carmel and it was really beautiful yet I was in in hell in Carmel And yeah, it just, it kind of started after Celine Dion. We were walking on Fremont Street the next day and it was like a lot and a lot of stimulation, obviously, because it's old Vegas. And and then when I, we got back to the hotel, I started crying and like holding on to her, just feeling like scared and that was early January, so it's been going on for a while. And then we moved into the same room, and since then it's been even more challenging because I haven't had um, my own space. It's like a dog smelling a car there. So, yeah, when, when around people that I have to explain myself to or so many things, um, it's really hard. You have to explain your every move. Whereas usually I could just like lay down and watch Netflix for a few days. So, yeah, I just... I don't know what I need to do. Uh, I did start taking CBD oil, like 10 milligram capsules the other day. And when I did that, two nights ago was the first night I had a really good sleep without any like remote viewing or like half awake dreaming and also the body sort of jolting. 
it feels like my nervous system or my 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 humanness doesn't feel safe in my body and is trying to leave but the CBD seems to calm that down and so I'm grateful for that so I'll keep going with that I think and yeah it just feels really strange to be um living with someone through this really challenging state. It feels like it's not fair to them. And at the same time, it's been really a great learning experience. And, and also I shared some stuff from my past that was sort of um, bothering me not to be honest about with her so that feels better like today will be the first day that that pressure isn't there and even yesterday after I shared all that stuff I came back to the place we're staying at with her and this intense fear came over me like what happened was when we were driving off the ferry I was looking at the GPS and there was a street called trap and I felt like oh my gosh this is a trap because we're staying somewhere that happens to not be on Google Maps or Apple Maps and it's like just sort of like hidden away. It's weird. And there's this place they put a key in the garden outside like a frog container. And yesterday we left and the frog had moved. So it's like weird stuff like that. And I feel like since I'm with somebody else, I'm noticing these weird things more than maybe if I was by myself, I would be just moving around and more oblivious to these scary things. So anyway, this will be the first day having more openness and I do need to go home at some point, hopefully looking a little bit better than I do today. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, the thing is that by not having my own space, I've sort of felt it's too difficult to even take all the vitamins that I took. So I stopped taking the vitamins. So yeah, in traveling and just not being in a space that I am familiar with and have proper like space, I just haven't unpacked them and taken them at all. And I'm taking now um, half a Zopacone, 150 milligrams of Trazodone. And last night I took, um, I think it was 25, 150 milligrams of, of um, Seroquel. And then I took another 200 or another 50 when I woke up and I couldn't sleep. I had to ask my partner to sleep somewhere else. So, yeah, it feels like back to zero, like just having this last few weeks of experience that was really bad, kind of like when I first had the experiences and for two months it was really amazing and then for a month it was more like scary and then I ended up in the hospital 
So, yeah, I don't know. I feel really unstable. I feel like I've turned into more like um, a rapid cycler. And I know I need to work on the energy within myself. Um, and as I was saying, when we drove from the ferry, there was trap road and then there was cemetery road or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. So um, after we had this experience two nights ago where she said, oh, we've trapped ourselves. This is a trap. So then last night I was thinking it was going to be cemetery night and that like somebody was going to come in and kill us. And um, I just was thinking, I don't even want to go sleep. I want to stay up all night and protect us. But I did go to sleep and nothing happened. So there seems to be this like scary thing trying to scare. And I do feel that fear sometimes. And last time I felt the fear when I was on the island. And it was like this chemical fear that went through me. But since I was alone and not doing anything and resting in a peaceful place... There were no there were no possibilities of these scary special messages. You know, I wasn't out and about where there's like TVs going and commercials and lots of words on signs. It was just me and the peace. So this time, last time, I got really, I think, really manic. And um, you know, usually I don't speak of it in that ter those terms, but. Um, yeah, it's just how manic I got is I've been so low and it's been such body pain. I looked at this um, bipolar disorder like infographic and it talks about mania like increased spending, um, higher self-esteem than usual, and then other things. And then the low part like excessive guilt and... Um, probably suicidal thoughts like there's been some pretty intense stuff this time like really intense whereas last time it was really easy and the time before it was really hard because I was around my family so I feel like I really need my own space that's quiet and peaceful And, um, yeah, we'll see about that. It's hard to share an epigestoretic matrix as a living space. At least for now. And I don't necessarily want it to be that way, but holy crap, like... So I'm going to work on my internal energy. I'm going to try to work on my relationship with myself. And um, work on my relationship too. My partner is very loving and compassionate and wonderful. and I've seen that all along. And I feel it very strongly at times. And then other times I feel a little bit like I need to figure out my relationship with myself because of how badly that it's gone this time and 
it makes me miss my family too and realize that I need to maintain these other relationships that I have I can't only have one relationship so we'll see how it goes like I said I'm gonna keep taking the CBD oil and the drugs just kind of go back to you know, doctor's orders which is you know had I been hospitalized which I seriously thought I would have had to at some point I wouldn't be able to take all the vitamins anyway so it's almost like I got to that point where I couldn't do anything enough to and I'd have to be hospitalized but I wasn't hospitalized like there were some moments when I thought some kind of scene was going to be created that would require calling the police and then dragging me off to the psych ward but it seems to be um, managed now So yeah, I don't know, I think even just talking to myself now, I feel a bit better, I feel a bit more like, okay, there are possibilities. Um, I'm partly trying to get back to visit my family in a state where I'm not like doing so badly. And along the way, I've been like, there's been points where I'm just like, I wanna go home, I wanna go home, I wanna go home. Like yesterday, I was planning to pack up and go home and you know be with my family. But we went out and then it ended up getting to this point where I told her some stuff about my past. Whereas I was going to try to get things in order and then tell her, but I just, I just had to tell her. And um, now I have. So maybe that'll help me um, get a little bit in order. Like this time around, I've like gone for a few days without showering and brushing my teeth and that hasn't happened in the last couple years when I've had this relationship with myself and talking with myself you know there really is something to the impartial witness and saying things out loud and the phone is an impartial witness for sure so yeah I think I need to keep talking with myself and maybe change the conversation a bit because uh, now I really need to figure out life properly somehow. So, yeah, this whole bipolar, wow. I also realized that by going to California, like the two times I've gone to California for any length of time, I should even say three, because the first time I went to California was before it all started, I think it puts me in this really high vibe where I'm totally manic, but it doesn't feel manic because the space is that energy too. Whereas in the lower space back home, it's sort of lower energy, not in terms of bad or good or anything. It's just in California, it's high vibe and spiritual, a lot of places. And a lot of it's just the weather, you know, being somewhere in the winter time that's hot and sunny um, that just gives more energy for things to speed up and um, then the more I speed up the more the crash is so yeah lots happening 
so yeah I'm gonna go now and um, yeah I, I need to really put some goodness out there some positivity um, I think I've gotten past the point where there's going to be some kind of death you know I feared that something bad's going to happen to me or someone else that I love and care about and I just I just feel like no and I've talked to myself before about how sometimes I feel like if I experience the pain of that possibility then it's no longer a possibility so there could be some weird intelligence behind this but um I've seen how much I how much suffering I can take and it's a lot it is a lot, a lot, a lot. So, yeah. And the other thing is that since I've maybe through the worst of this now, it might be a good time to go on the Hardy Nutritionals for a while because it's a simpler program than what I was doing with Peter Smith and just see if it works for a while. Maybe it will because if I'm past the worst of it, it could work. So maybe I could taper onto the Hardy Nutritionals again. And it's simpler to have just a couple bottles of stuff than a million bottles. So we'll see. I haven't showered or brushed my teeth in days. And it hasn't been this bad since I was hospitalized in April of 2016. So, it's been almost three years since it was this bad. When I was hospitalized that time, it was like 33 days-ish, and I probably showered just a couple times. So I'm kind of in that same state. And the challenge is that I'm with a partner, with my partner, and it can make it seem like it's her fault but I've been feeling like I need some space. We're here in a place together. It's a one bedroom and it has a pull out couch. So I've been sleeping on the couch to try and get more rest. And I've been taking some CBD oil, 10 milligrams during the day and then 10 milligrams at bedtime. And last night I took half a Zoplicone 150 milligrams of trazodone and 150 milligrams of quetiapine. And then I woke up at some point in the night and I took 50 more milligrams of quetiapine and fell back to sleep. So if I was really organized, I'd probably be on Peter Smith's program and, you know, take uh, tryptophan and sunflower lecithin and and all those like glycine and different supplements that I have that are just sort of disorganized on the floor somewhere in order to try to fall to back to sleep. But I have in the past also experienced where I take all these vitamins and supplements and try to sleep and then there's this voice that says, you've taken too many supplements, you need to medicate yourself. So there is a space where medication seems to be useful and necessary. I don't know, it seems like it's a gesture of 
taking it to sort of tune into different information, like tune back into consensus reality or something. So, so yeah, I don't know if and when I'll be able to stop taking them, but I started taking Hardy Nutritionals because um, I was successful at being off all medications for five months with the Hardy Nutritionals. And I have three bottles of it, and it does expire pretty much next month. So if I want to try to use it, I should use it soon. And one of the reasons is the simplicity, just taking the one three times a day and then tapering up to four three times a day. It's a lot simpler than all this, um, what is it? All the supplements that I take with Peter Smith. And I've, I've done that for a year, but I haven't been able to be off all the medications. I was still on 50 milligrams of quetiapine. And I did have to take the 150 milligrams of trazodone and the 50 or the half azoplicone. So, yeah, it seems like here I need to take those extra medications to sleep. Getting a good sleep is the most important. And, yeah, it's just really been hard to navigate. I've really, in the last few months, really attached myself to my partner, like, in a codependent kind of way. And the bipolar, if you want to call it that, is very, very unstable and very capricious. Like I can be crying and in body pain one moment and then feeling like making love the next. And it's, it's just really, I feel like it's really destabilizing and I, I'm destabilized. But that makes sense because I was in California and now I'm in a place that's not my space or place. And even just talking to myself now, it makes me remember how last year when I didn't have my own space, um, I went to go work on night shifts at a warehouse. Because if I don't have my space where I feel comfortable to move around and like do whatever it is that I do, I may as well be out working. And it may work. <clears throat> it may work out that I can get a job and work. And we'll see. I keep wanting, I keep having this urge to go home. Like a very strong urge to go home, see my family. It happened again last night. And I'm a fairy right away, so nobody knows that I'm here. And I feel kind of bad about that, about not fully telling the truth, but the truth is I can't. I haven't been able to tell the truth about having um, a female partner, and that would be really a lot of information for them to handle. So, when I was in the high state, the manic state, I felt like, eh, I can just be like, 
yeah, I have this partner, and if you don't like it, then you're not part of my life. And then now in this depressed state, I feel like trying to make things work for everybody. And my partner and I have even talked about separating. But the thing is, we have this place until March 1st, and it's early February. It's, yeah, it's early February. And I just want to see maybe if I can honor the commitment I made to spend this time. And and yeah, we'll see what happens. I kind of have this urge to like go home and like put all my stuff away. And then just sort of like press the reset button. But if I go back like unclean and traumatized, it's not good. So I've been trying really hard to get back to an okay state of mind. And it's been better for sure. It's not like the whole day that I'm in body pain and suffering. And I read an article by Tom Wooten called How I Found Ecstasy in Depression. And I've read it before, but he's talking about other people that have had depression and, and there's some serious body pain involved. It is really painful. And I found actually that human touch takes it away a lot, which, you know, like having a leg massage or when it was, it's been really bad for probably three weeks, at least, about three weeks, it seems like forever. And, you know, just having human touch is amazing. Like I didn't realize how powerful it is. And I've never had this like kind of compassionate human touch through this. And usually that lands me in the psych ward. And I've wanted to almost go to the psych ward sometimes. And man, it's just been such a struggle. And I feel bad because the person I'm with didn't really know what they were in for. And I didn't either. Because I've never been with a partner through this part. So I just sort of keep to myself. But the thing is that I've talked about with myself is that every time this dip happens, this depression or this whatever, it's always different and it always throws me for a loop. So I had the one where I was with my family and, and it just wasn't good at all. I needed more space. And then last time I had my own, I had space and it was quiet and it was really very short lived. And then this time it's been actually way worse because I've been like traveling, driving with it and just a lot of information, you know, um, lots of different information and information brought by my partner, like, oh, look at this and look at that. And it's just kind of like um, a lot. So, and I've also noticed how much we sort of change and mirror each other and, and yeah, it's just really, really hard. And 
I had these project ideas that I was trying to work on and then my brain is just sort of, it seems like whenever I seem to try to get somewhere with something, my brain just tanks and can't remember if I talked about how I saw this infographic on bipolar and it talks about the mania and depression and every single thing that happened, you know, spending money, high self-esteem, it's like that is what happened to me and also augmented by being in sunny California in the winter and then coming back here in the winter still, just it's snowing today and I was planning to come back in like two months, but for some reason this has all happened and it's showing me a lot. It's showing how much I can get through without the hospital with a loving partner and um, and yeah, it's it's really showing me a lot and it's showing me how attached I am to my stuff and my stuff being in a certain order, even whether I'm using it or not. I kind of like to know where things are for some reason. I notice like when I'm in the higher state, I'm like sharing everything. Here you go. Here you go. And then in the lower state, I'm kind of contract. And it's like, this is my stuff and where's my stuff and where should I put it? And it's just kind of strange. So I'm seeing that attachment to stuff. Um, uh, Krishnamurti talks about, you have to look at your life in relationship to people, things, and ideas. And I see like I'm attached to these things and where things are. And I'd almost rather not have people around in order to know and access my things in the way I want. And and then ideas, there are these ideas that I want to write down that seem important somehow. And like write a book about it or something. But, you know, even now as I'm talking, my brain's sort of kind of hurting. And it almost seems like like there's this force that doesn't want that book to be written or that kind of information to come out so so yeah practical things um trying to get back on disability is i can't believe how dysfunctional i've been for days like not being able to shower and i guess it feels like I need to organize my life for the lowest common denominator, which is like just sitting here and not showering and and not being able to move. It feels very much like I'm that homeless person. I'm a homeless person. And I've had that before, but it usually is just intense. And I just sit there and I'm shaking and then people take me to the psych ward. But it's like this time I'm sort of manifesting as that you know, wanting to just go sit, drink coffee. Um, but I have a place to stay. And then wanting to go back to my parents, it wouldn't be good because there's like a sound of walking upstairs and things like that. So 
I just feel like if I don't get myself back in order, that wouldn't be good. It would be sort of walking into a trap. So I do feel like I've learned that I kind of need my own space as to not put stuff on other people and yeah it's just I've learned a lot I haven't been talking with myself and I think that's part of why I feel really isolated because I've lost the relationship with myself and talking with other people they can say whatever they say back but with myself I just talk and it seems to be helpful so I am feeling some hope and I hope I hope that that I can um, just get my life together and plan for this lowest common denominator so we'll see what happens I'm sure there's more to say but I'm not really sure what it is so I'm going to try and have a shower that would be a really good thing to do oh but I do want to say that um, there's hope. Don't give up. Keep loving yourself. Love other people. And I am, I am happy that even though I've had some really internally like violent feelings, I haven't, I haven't put that outward in terms of like angry words or arguing or any kind of violent gestures except just kind of sometimes saying I need to go home which sort of breaks the continuity of having a nice enjoyable experience here and the thing is there's no reason why I can't have a nice enjoyable experience here it's a nice place in the trees so hopefully I can maybe talk myself into that you know, everything's perfect. It's all happening for a reason. I think one of the reasons is seeing the pain of of homelessness, you know, traveling and just not having a home. And how how painful that is. It's like body agony. Like the agony has seriously made me feel like it's, it makes me feel like it, um, I can see why people take street drugs for relief because it's so painful. And then, you know, you get high and then the pain comes back and then you get high again. Well, bipolar is kind of the same, but for me, I'm not taking street drugs, even though now I'm taking some CBD, which if the doctor found out, they might be like, well, you're trying to like self-medicate or something. So... I don't, I don't know. I think, I think if I can get through this, 
with my partner and take the hearty nutritionals, take the CBD oil, drink the ozone water, um, get clean, like in terms of clothing and stuff, then, you know, get a job or something. Maybe, maybe things will be okay, you know? Maybe things will be okay. Hopefully. But yeah, I'm just learning that I miss, I miss my friends and my community. I think just to admit that and keep going, then I think that's okay. Just say things out loud. I know I have a lot of love within myself and it's sort of, it's sort of there and then gone and then there and then gone. And there's really something about this field of attention and inattention. for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.